And welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest this week is actor, producer, and musician Thomas Nicholas. One of Thomas's early roles, as we all know, was in Rookie of the Year. We'll talk about that movie. We'll also talk about a little known nugget that Thomas talked about during this interview. I had no idea about, and I'm sure most of you would not as well. we we'll talk about the American Pie franchise and how hard it was for him to actually get a song in one of the soundtracks. Which was, which was pretty funny. Very successful musician as well. His latest single just came out called 1999. It's in collaboration with Bowling for Soup. We also talk about his latest movie, Adverse, in which he helped produce. Really good movie. I highly recommend it. Wish I had more time with Thomas. I could have talked about so many more roles and topics, but grateful for the time I had. Hope you enjoy my conversation with him. So, Thomas, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Dude, my pleasure. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone has, like, a pandemic story. Now we're kind of, like, two years into this. So we're almost, I think, finally out of this. Um, what's the last two years been like for you? What pandemic? What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> been sucking the I hole. Would sooner just, I would sooner just forget about all of it. In fact, uh, my 40th birthday was in 2020 okay so i celebrated it uh with a big concert at the vibe room my friend my friends from the early november came and played it uh in 2021 but i was like forget it 2020 didn't happen right. you know like that was my 40th so now i'm a year younger yeah than it's I true was. so yeah. it's great right it's like having a birthday on a leap year right <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it, it was crazy. I mean, I, I was really fortunate in one sense that my son um, followed in my footsteps and he booked that new M. Night movie or the right. recent M. Night movie. Old. Yeah, old, right. So we were in the Dominican Republic, September, October, November yeah. of 2020, right. which I think was actually good for for both of our mental health, really. Right. Um, my son was doing remote learning for third grade. And I think that kind of got him out of the quote unquote virtual classroom right. and onto, you know, a set, leaving the country, filming a movie. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, it was good for me too. <laughs> right. And that's good. And yeah. My wife and I saw the movie when it came out in the theaters and it was, it's fantastic movie because, you know, he kind of had a few bombs in between there. I think he rebounded with old. I think that was a really good movie. And your son was, he had a really nice part in it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I yeah. you know, I know I'm biased, but I think of course. the best part of the film. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, that's not the first movie he was in. I know he had a really brief part in Adverse. He played uh, Matt Ryan's son in there. As, he as did, well. yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, his his big moment got cut from the sequence. Um, if you saw the film, yeah. it's like sort of this really fast paced sequence. And that's the beginning of it. Uh, and in the in the initial script, he came outside and we actually had like a moment, like close up to close up right. father, son acting, not as father, son, yeah. but it, that moment, he was so like stand out that that moment kind of slowed the the process down of right. that 10 minute sequence of the film. So it unfortunately got cut. Oh, okay. Now, is that something like he like came to you and said, I really want to be following your footsteps or is that something you kind of brought on to him? How, how did that come about? You know, it started because my son, I have two kids. So my son is now 10 and my daughter's six. And I think like most people can relate to, you know, when you have two kids, stereotypically, the first kid's like the brainy one and the second kid's like the physical one. Um, and I think that's like just, you know, 
uh, survival of the fittest. The right. first kid has no known, um, <laughs> no known enemies. Yeah. They don't have to survive. Whereas the second kid does, they right. have to survive. So that's just how the, how things develop. And obviously everything evens out in the end, but he was more yeah. intellectual. And so to help him with his social skills, yeah. I enrolled him in acting classes okay. just in an effort to get him to, um, have an intellectual take on social skills. And that's how it started was right. just me trying to help him navigate school. And then he ended up really liking it. And we started doing auditions and he got callbacks. And before you know it, I think the kids got more talent as at his age right. than I did. So I'm going to, you know, sort oh. of whenever he's into it, I'm going right. to, I'm going to okay. support that. Oh, that says a lot. That's great. I hope it all works out for him as well. But um, you mentioned adverse and I, I love the movie. It, it was fantastic. And it's a slow burn, you know, it, it really until like the last, you know, the final act of the movie where you're wheel. Like, spoiler alert. So if anyone hasn't watched it yet, I know it's been over a year, but I'm going to spoil a couple of things. So kind of turn it off for the next minute. You're wielding that tire iron like you have a lightsaber in your hands in that, in that warehouse. It's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's reminiscent. I think uh, Joe Lee in that variety caught the homage that we were paying to the movie old boy okay. um, for that fight sequence. Cause it's one shot right. taking out, you know, a bunch of bad guys. Yeah. And I think uh, the funniest thing to me was um, when we were in post-production, the guy who was doing all of our, uh, our DCP drives for the movie theater yeah. release, he, he called up my business partner, Brian yeah. Metcalf and he goes, he's not Thomas Ian Nicholas anymore. He's yeah. tire iron Nicholas. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And the, yeah, the um, initial still work. So it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. And yeah, the, the film is definitely a slow burn. It's, it's very reminiscent of one of my favorite films yeah. uh, with Robert De Niro and directed by Scorsese yeah. uh, taxi driver. So. Yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And what it's funny because going back to say rookie of the year that came out a year before little big league. So it's kind of like those two movies kind of like, you know, everyone had a favorite, and then you see Luke Edwards in the movie and you kind of kill him, which is kind of funny. It kind of ends the debate in the movie, just like you, you killing him, which was really pretty funny. Well, not to mention Andrew Keegan, who also came out with 10 Things I Hate About You yes. at the same time as American Pie. Right. So a lot of uh, a lot of correlations, a lot of a lot right. of 90s uh, kid actors in adverse. Yeah. Yeah. And like the movie, you know, had some great actors beside yourself. It had Sean Astin, Lou Diamond Phillips, you know, Mickey Rock, who's really intimidating. I mentioned Matt Ryan, your mother at Penelope and Miller. So it was a really, you know, diverse and, you know, very talented cast. And Mickey Rock is kind of like you hear stories about him on different movies, whether it was Iron Man 2 and stuff like that. What was your experience like working with him? You know, Mickey is such a talented actor and so intense. I think my my favorite moment of working with him was it was very intimidating when he first arrived on set he didn't even you know introduce himself to me until we were doing a scene together and he hadn't even introduced himself and that's cool i have a lot of respect for him and i right. remember he goes off book we're kind of like you know sparring so to speak in our uh, yeah. improv drama dramatic improv finally the scene comes to an end and he looks at me and he goes hey what's up? I'm Mickey. And I felt like, Oh, I passed the yeah. test, you know, like Mickey introduced himself to me. So obviously right. I didn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Um, 
like I said, you know, the, the movie is, is really fantastic. And I know like being kind of a comedic, lighthearted actor, you know, taking a turn here to a dramatic side, was that kind of difficult? Was this kind of like a role you had to fight for? Or was this, I know you produced the movie as well, but do you always saw yourself playing the character of Ethan? You know, drama is uh, more of my forte. And I started out early in my career um, being more adept in drama. And it was only through my acting coach and mentor, Kevin McDermott, saying, hey, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And we need to work on your comedic skills to actually improve your dramatic ones. So I wound up, you know, in a... (laughs) a slew of comedies after booking rookie of the year. Right. And, but so in, in that regard, my career made me have to fight for the role to the point where I wanted to play Ethan. And once I read the script Mm. that my, that Brian and Metcalf had written, I pined for the role. And he's like, I don't know, this is, you know, way outside your wheelhouse. And I was like, no, let me show you. Right. And so we kind of workshopped the character together so that I could prove to him that I had the capacity for portraying Ethan. And so after about, you know, a few sessions of doing that, he mm. finally agreed that I could portray yeah. the role. Right. Yeah. Like I said, you, you nailed it. So, you know, congrats on, on that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, sure. Now, you know, with, with the early success of Rookie of the Year and then, you know, Kid in uh, King Arthur's Court, being so young, did like, was that kind of surreal for you? And now still being in the business now, because a lot of child actors, you know, unfortunately not had success past their childhood like how, how did that like you know i want to say affect you but like you know being so surreal for you and just you know still working and being successful after all those years yeah it's it's pretty crazy i think just even making it from child actor mm-hmm. into young adult actor right was the eye of the needle and about three percent of people make that transition successfully yeah so that you know sort of uh with rookie of the year and of course the american pie franchise so i'm very thankful for the american pie franchise because that kind of kept my foot in the door or kept me in the game so to speak um certainly you know now here i am god i don't even know if i want to say this but uh 35 years later after starting my career uh i'm still here and i know that it's it's one of those wild things where um, you know, obviously Rookie of the Year and American Pie, they have these huge advertising mass media campaigns right. to where even if you don't see the film, you know of the film. Yeah. And and that's sort of the, the hardest thing is that people look at me and they go, oh, hey, are you still acting? And then I'm like, well, yeah, I Adverse just came out. Lionsgate released yeah. it. But if they don't spend $30 million advertising it, right, you don't then know. it's going to be... Not only is it a slow burn movie, but yeah. it's going to be a slow burn to find its audience. Right. Now, um, like, so I think that's the most the most challenging yeah. thing in my adult career. But I've learned to enjoy the craft and the journey. And I just like putting out quality material, creating quality art, so yeah. to speak. Um, and so that I know it will find its path eventually. It doesn't have to be you know, a blockbuster thing right. for me to want to do it. Right. And a movie like with adverse, especially now with all the streaming sites, it could be in the theaters for a week or so, or so and get picked up say Amazon prime or whatever the other sites are. And there's an avenue for it. Whereas like if this movie came out, say 20 years ago, it would just sit like on the shelves and DVD and people wouldn't really know about it. 
So it's, you know, it was like kind of like the right place at the right time for it as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a brand new kind of wild, wild west in the entertainment world. And that's the thing as well is that, you know, with so much entertainment and so many films and so many new filmmakers coming into, to the playing field, it's really just Mm -hmm. about creating quality versus quantity, in my opinion. Right. So that when you do catch the film, whenever you do, you're going to be like, oh, wow, this is actually really good. How did I miss this? Yeah. Are you kind of surprised about the legacy of Rookie of the Year? How it was, was it almost 30 years now that, you know, you're still throwing on the first pitch and doing something stretch at Wrigley Field? I think there was recently I saw the bobblehead of Henry in one of the minor league baseball games. So is it crazy for you to still be talking about this movie? You know, it is, uh, but it's kind of twofold in that regard. On one hand, I love the fact that people my age who grew up with the film are showing it to their kids. Right. And I never would have imagined that it would have that kind of a shelf life and become the cult classic that it has been or that it is. Um, And in the other hand, it takes a little bit of me embracing that to sort of keep that momentum going forward. And I've definitely had moments in my life where I've shied away from it or steered away from that embracing nature of it. And then I always come back to it because at the end of the day, I do what I do to offer people a safe escape from the crazy drama of life. And that is through entertainment. Right. And if I can make people happy by embracing my past work, while still doing my current work, then by all means, I'm going to just keep doing that and keep putting smiles on people's faces. Right. Uh, absolutely. And before we get to your music, which is, is, is great as well, I would, you mentioned American Pie. And um, there hasn't, I would say maybe the last, probably Super Bad might have been the last one, like the really good teen comedy. Why do you think it's kind of gone away? Um, I think the, the, the best example of this is what Adam Hurst kind of said in the beginning, which is when he was writing American Pie, he had this theory uh, and he based American Pie off of Porky's and Animal House and all of those films of that yeah. time period, because he had this theory that there was a 20 year cycle to entertainment and that okay. every 20 years the then then the entertainment sort of repeats itself and so american pie was 20 years after animal house and porkies and now it's the 23rd anniversary of american pie right so maybe we're just like the reunion being three years behind schedule uh for the 10-year reunion we did it at 13 which we mentioned in the movie yeah i think we're gearing up to see that type of comedy again i think life is is getting so yeah. i mean who can even explain what's going on right now i know um and so that escape of you know raunchy teen sex comedies may yeah. be coming back around <laughs> who knows yeah well let's hope i mean it's, it's always a good one my wife and i just watched it was on the other night you know the, the second one which is which is great as well they're, they're all good but um will there be another one is there a talk about you it? You know, there's there's talk about it. Um, obviously, the keys to the kingdom are held by Universal. I know right. that, um, you know, Universal released old. And I know that at that time when I ran into, you know, yeah. the president and chairwoman, they were, you know, looking at yeah. the possibility of doing something. I don't think they came to terms with the deal. But like, uh, like you know, John and Hayden said, 
who directed American Reunion, who yeah. are now doing, you know, Cobra Kai, Cobra yeah. Kai right. uh, with Josh Hield, you know, that nostalgia only grows bigger with time. I mean, look, we got kids in the hall I on know. Amazon Prime yeah. now, like everything that, you know, your your the name of your of your show, of your podcast yeah. is literally what's happening right now in the world. Everyone's right. reliving their youth and and it's coming back around. So. I think that, you know, the cast and I would all have a fun time reprising our roles. Yes. Um, and, you know, we we do our best to do it justice. And I think right. it's a possibility. There's nothing like for sure in the pipeline. Of course. But I think, uh, I think you know, anything's possible. Right. Now we would talk about that as being a reboot and now there's remakes. Are you, are you surprised there hasn't been a remake of uh, Rookie of the Year yet? Because everything's being remade you, now. You want to you have a trip out moment? Sure. Rookie of the Year is a reboot. Okay. See, the difference is that we live in a like a lightning speed era. We live in, you know, uh, AG after Google. Right. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> essentially we know all the things that are being rebooted. Plus we're watching things yeah. that we're, we remember being successful being okay. rebooted. But back in the days of the 90s, um, things were being rebooted that weren't successful films from the 50s and 60s. Okay. I mean, You've Got Mail was a total reboot right. and was almost line for line. Um, my mom just saw like the original thing and was like, you'll never guess. <laughs> but so the only reason I know this is in yeah. 1995, I signed with a manager who was in the original. It's, a, it's owned by RKO, which is now okay. owned by Warner Brothers. It's a film called Rugie's Bump. Okay. And it was about a kid who developed a weird bump in his arm, got drafted by the Brooklyn Dodgers and took, he didn't win the world series for them, but he pitched yeah. for them. And this was oh, 1954. Wow. Oh, wow. That's so, yeah. And to the point where I was just talking to Daniel Stern recently, yeah. um, a, a few weeks ago, and even he didn't know about Rookie's oh, wow. bump. So even he was unaware that Rookie right. of the Year was yeah. a quote unquote reboot. Right. And he started directing it. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think Sam Harper knew. I mean, who yeah. who knew? I don't know how it all kind of started. Right. Maybe it's just like uh, random. Maybe maybe Sam Harper yeah. came up with the idea and accidentally yeah. it was a reboot. But right. it's a little bit too close for, for yeah. Comfort to not be a reboot. Exactly. Rookie of the year, rookie's, rookie's bump. bump. Yeah, you know? still being a pitcher. On the, yeah, but absolutely. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So besides being obviously a talented actor, you, you know, you front the Thomas Nicholas band, which, you know, it's a coincidence that you're, you know, you front that band, you know, which, you know, being the same name, but uh, you a great new single <laughs> with uh, collaborating with Bowling for Soup in 1999. So it's kind of a story of you know, American Pie and all the late 90s bands, which are fantastic. Um, how did that um, collaboration come about? You know, it's kind of crazy. I, I, I always thought Bowling for Soup must have had a song on one of the soundtrack albums, yeah. but apparently... They didn't, though it seems like their sound would lend itself to have been on one of them. Right. Um, and so Jarrett Reddick, the lead singer of Bowling for Soup, he has a number of podcasts. He's got the Rockstar Dad Show, as well as Jarrett Goes to the Movies, Music Networking 101, the list goes on. So I got invited to do um, Jarrett Goes to the Movies. Okay. And every once in a while, they'll do what is called a live podcast. So instead of just like going into the studio or being on the chat like we are right now, right? Um, we go to a we went to a venue and Anthony Michael Hall had done it 
with okay. Breakfast Club or not or or, or with uh, Sixteen Candles or candles. something. Okay. Yeah. And so they we go to this we went to this venue Lava Cantina uh, in Dallas, Texas, which we're actually doing again uh, in a couple of days, July twelfth. We're doing Rookie of the Year at Lava Cantina. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, but, but back in December of last year, we did American Pie. So it's kind of this crazy thing where we show the movie, there's a live audience, and then we hit pause and chat for, you know, 20 minute blocks. Right. But watching American Pie brought back all the feels. And so we got up on stage afterwards, yeah. Jared and I did. Right. And so he sang their big song, 1985. And he gets through the first chorus and he goes, you know, because we had just watched Rookie or just watched American Pie. He goes, you know, we should sing about all this, all the stuff in American Pie. Yeah. So we started trying to do it live on stage. And let's be honest, off the cuff, we failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> just like trying to come up with the rhymes, like, you know, right. like characters <laughs> and, you know, it was just like a random idea. Yeah. It was like in the middle of the song. <laughs> so the next day I texted Jarrett a bunch of, uh, a bunch of lyric <laughs> ideas. And he's like, oh, that's really funny. Yeah. We should do a TikTok video. <laughs> so cut to... I go to Baltimore um, and I, I wind up there and Jarrett texts me. He's like, hey, man, because this is the weird thing, too, is like Jarrett and I hadn't met, yeah. even though we were both on a, um, a Blues Traveler album in 2015. OK, so they wrote with John Popper. They did two songs. I did a song, but we hadn't met. And so we kind of like instantly hit it off. So I, I land in Baltimore. He's like, hey, are you in Baltimore? I'm like, yeah, are you in Baltimore? Do you guys need a surprise opener? So I got so excited, I, I put the TikTok video out of me doing 1999. Right. And it got like half a million plays. And so then Jared and I were like, let's get together and work on some lyrics for this. And then I went to Dallas and he's like, yeah, Bowling for Soup's going to back you up on the tune. Oh, so it's great. me singing <clears throat> Bowling for Soup behind yeah. me and Jared doing backups. But we wrote the lyrics together. Right. And I'm so stoked about this song. And I had... Yeah. Uh, a blast and hopefully i'll do it at some future shows because they've been on tour with aquabats okay and less than jake right so in uh maryland chicago and kentucky i uh got to sing 1999 mm -hmm. with bowling for soup uh while they're headlining their tour oh that's awesome that's awesome yeah yeah and the song just came out a couple days ago it's great check it out it's on all the streaming sites and um it's funny because you um, <clears throat> finally got a song <clears throat> sorry, on the American Reunion soundtrack, uh, My Generation. Now, how did you try for like each soundtrack to get a song on there? Or did you finally, they just relented? Or how did that come about? Yeah. Um, well, really, really quick before I tell you that story, July 9th, just so you know, the release date of 1999, of course, you know, which I have yeah. just select copies. Yeah. I only printed 99 on vinyl so i got vinyl seven inches of this oh thing. nice um 99 of them mm. uh so yeah i uh it's a july 9th is the 23rd anniversary of the first american pie okay. hitting theaters uh july 9th 1999 mm. so basically i had just finished my first album when i did when i booked the first american pie movie and i asked the producers i was like hey can i put a song on the soundtrack i had yeah. no idea that they were gonna become like so affiliated with pop punk and right. what they even had in mind for the soundtracks i just knew i had an album and i wanted a song on the yeah. on a universal movie so they're like yeah right. no problem we could do that 
and they picked a song and then the music supervisor like kiboshed it. Oh. And then we did American Pie 2 and I had did a new EP that I recorded at Ricky Rocket Studio you right. know, from Poison. Yeah. And um, and I asked them again. They're like, yeah, no problem. Same music supervisor, same kibosh. Oh. So American Wedding, um, Jesse Dillon, you know, Bob Dillon's son, yeah. not Jake Dillon from The Wallflowers, right. but the, yeah, other one. the other one. Uh, he he was directing it, so he was like calling favors from Van Morrison. I had no shot. In right. That one. Um, so when I did American Reunion, I realized that asking them for this favor was not working. So when I was talking to the to the crew and to the publicist, I was like, "Hey, where's the rap party going to yeah. be?" They're like, "Oh, we don't have a venue." So yeah. I went and found a venue that had a yeah. stage upstairs, and I was like, "Hey, guys, I found you a venue for the rap party." So then I basically yeah. kind of plotted and planned. Right. And then I played the rap party show upstairs, whole cast and crew. When I went to the bar to get a drink, Hayden uh, yeah. Schlossberg, who had directed American Reunion, yeah. came up to me and goes, wow, man, you actually don't suck. We should probably put a song of <laughs> yours in the soundtrack. <laughs> so they I, originally I was trying to get like my version of Laid in there. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I knew that Matt Nathanson had done a version for American Pie 2. And they're right. like, no, we're going to use the original. They're like, but can you cover Lit? And I was like, yeah, I can cover yeah. Lit. So then I did a cover of My Own Worst Enemy on my Frat Party album. Yep. At, at the end of the day, they ended up choosing yeah. one of my original songs yeah. instead of one of my covers. But right. I did all these covers for them. So then I ended up putting out an album of, you know, all my favorite American Pie soundtrack songs. Yeah, on the frat party, you have a, a little take on Stiffler's mom instead of Stacy's mom, which is great too. So it's, yeah, it's it's really good. But I, my f- favorite song of yours, I think, is the bet off your security LP. I love that song. It's you know, it's, it's really oh, right great. on, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, everyone, check out 1999. Do you have any plans for an upcoming LP or anything? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm collabing with a few different people. Um, you know, just recently I, I went and sang, uh, the last time again and my own worst enemy with lit at their album release uh, concert, um, back in June. And so I've written a song with Ace Enders from the early November, a brand new one that's killer. Uh, wrote a brand new one with Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup. I'm going to write a song with lit. I'm going to get together with Tom Higginson from the plain white tees. The list is going to go on and on. And that's what I'm doing for my seventh album is I'm going to go and collab and songwrite with some of my friends and favorite bands that I've, you know, become friends with over the years. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I really appreciate your time today, Thomas. Good luck with everything. And uh, where can people find you online? Uh, online. My name is too damn long. So the acronym that I use is tin band T I N band all one word, no spaces, no underscores. Yeah. And that's, you know, for Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, uh, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. website, everything. You have any shows coming up like in New York or like the tri-state area? Um, what do I have coming up in, in New York? I think, oh, I'm, uh, they don't, they won't announce it, but I think I'm, I'm DJing uh, for Emo Night Brooklyn at the Brooklyn Bowl in brooklyn okay yeah um I'll on july yeah. 30th oh cool um they i think weedus is coming out they're gonna see oh, nice. uh teenage dirtbag doing right. an acoustic thing of that and then i'm gonna do a set 
and sing 1999 acoustic uh, that night as well. And then I'm going to do a DJ set set. for Emo Night. Oh, cool. Um, And that's because I think I'll be in Atlantic City for the national sports convention that same weekend. Okay. And then there's always shows that kind of pop up here and there for me. Yeah. Um, Like I'll probably be in, uh, I think in August, I'll be in Utica and Cooperstown for some uh, meet and greet events. So I'll probably pick up an acoustic show somewhere over there as well. Awesome. All right. Well, good luck with everything. And hopefully I can catch you sometime. Right on, man. Thank you so much. And a special thanks to Thomas for joining me today. Check him out on Twitter at T-I-N Band, at Tin Band. Also, T-I-Nicholas.com, that's his website. And if you have a guest suggestion, you can hit me up on Twitter at the TheFirstNoel19, or like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. You can go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate me through the show. I'd really appreciate it. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. The show can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, basically wherever you can find a podcast. New episode comes in every week. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you next week. And before we go, here's Thomas Nicholas's latest song, 1999. Second base till apple pie replaced. Bumping just so refined. Oz the lacrosse guy. Stifler's feeling frail from the pale ale. Vicky wants I love you. Kevin's not so sure. Jeff says that it's just sex. Not a launch of the space shuttle.
Nine.